0: Okay. Welcome back to another episode of the Strong Family Project Podcast. I'm Joe, joined by Mel.
1: Welcome back to the Strong Family Project Podcast, where we guide you on the path to raising confident, independent, and resilient children in a strong family environment.
0: Mel, before we get into today's episode, actually, before we get into the full content of today's episode, why don't you give them a little bit of a sneak peek?
1: I had my first mammogram. Is that a sneak peek?
0: You don't want people peeking at that, Mel. I should have never set you up like that. Here's the sneak peek. Let me handle this. (laughs) Mel went to a hospital and she had a revelation that she wants to get control of her life before she ends up in a situation like that because she came face to face with the situation a lot of people were in where they need consistent and regular hospital care. and got a (laughs) memory. So not to vary your lead, but we're going to talk about the power of how your decisions today Can help you live the life that you actually want over years, and so that'll be the topic. Is that good with you?
1: That's great with me. I'm (laughs) actually not good at like on the spot. Come on, you should know that.
0: I did know it. I wanted to see what happened, but I didn't think it would be that far off. Now you regret
1: (laughs) it. We can start again if you want.
0: I don't. We don't have enough time on the (laughs) before we got to pick up the kids, so we're gonna keep rolling with it. We have to get into our questions early though, and then we're gonna get into the the topic of the day. So. The segment where we ask each other a couple questions, you've added a journal feature to the kids' morning routine where you post a question up on the wall. Why did you change that? And what's been your favorite question?
1: Okay. So beforehand, we would ask the kids to write three things they're grateful for, one thing that they're proud of, and three goals for the day. And I just noticed that they, I started noticing that they would write their journal super fast. So I thought, they're not really taking the time to think anymore. It's just like this automatic thing, and that just doesn't serve the purpose of what this is supposed to be. So I had thought to myself, I'm going to change this, because I didn't like how they were no longer putting any thought or effort into it. And instead of just asking these, like, gratitude questions or these what do you want to do with your future or what's the best thing about your day I tried to switch it up and make it a little bit more fun now so what I think one of the questions was would you rather be a bear and hibernate in the winter or would you rather be an owl and be nocturnal so questions like that are really fun and I actually did ask them and this can also like jumpstart fun conversations so I think Henry said I want to Be a bear because I like sleeping. Okay, that's pretty basic. But like for myself, I'm like, I don't want to be nocturnal because I like the daylight. I like the sun. And I really enjoyed that question, maybe because I like bears and
0: owls. (laughs) I don't know. Interesting. (laughs) I do. The one that you had, what's a characteristic you look for in a friend?
1: Okay. Yes, I don't just do these silly I ones. I just want to make
0: sure it's not all bears, owls. What do you want? <laughs> the ability to fly or x-ray vision, like those types of questions. Like
1: No, and then one day I did, like, I'll try to find a weekly Bible verse. And then this one was about encouraging others. So I asked them, like, what is one way you can encourage someone today and actually do it? So it's a mixed bag. But honestly, ever since I started this, if I miss a day, the kids are like, you didn't do the journal. So they're excited about it. Like, I'm already getting positive feedback. So...
0: Good job. Good tip for people to go ahead and use, post up a question and have them journal on, give them a prompt. If children are struggling at writing or thinking, journaling is a skill that I still use to this day and giving them that writing prompt is a huge help to a lifelong habit. What question do you have for me?
1: What is your favorite thing about Henry's basketball season?
0: I like to see Henry's progress during the basketball season and as a sports playing father, I get that it is a, a progress that is. I get that it's a, a journey is what I should say. And he came in and didn't know much about basketball. Like we shoot around a little bit. We have a mini hoop. We shoot all the time. But he wasn't even sure. Like he wants to shoot left handed, but he's right handed. Like it got very confusing. One thing he's always done is hustle a ton. He'd always run back in defense. The kids at in sixth grade. Maybe I have better. revisionist history where I'm like, ah, sixth grade, like we were pretty decent, but these kids can't make it like to (laughs) save their life. So if you get back on defense, like the other team will never score because they need eight shots to be able to get one in. Maybe again, revisionist history, but I could have sworn we could make shots when I was in sixth grade, maybe not third and fourth grade, but sixth grade. But he's learning, showing tremendous progress, better at dribbling, got a fast break, converted it this past week. So despite having a tough season, team's not great. But not great. They barely hit double digits. And maybe, again, revisionist history. But I can remember one time in my life in third and fourth grade basketball playing against St. Mary's, we scored two points. And I don't think at any other point did we score under 10. In my, it happens every week now. I don't Maybe. Maybe I mean, it's just w- what happens.
1: I watched you play in high school, so I can't speak to your younger years. But my favorite is seeing the fire in Henry. I look at him play, and I asked Joe this. I'm like, he's got he got a foul. Is that okay? Because I didn't know that, like, fouling was kind of part of the game. It can sure, be
0: – true. yeah. totally already get five of them.
1: I didn't know that. <laughs> so I just seeing him have, first of all, a place to be able to, like, have fire, because you can't always do that in just normal daily life, get all fired up like that. But I just like seeing that drive and that ambition and that fire in him. I could see he's, like, going after it, and I really appreciate that because basketball is, like, a very – intense like face-to-face sport you know when we watch him play soccer it's they're so gym. spread out right and
0: it's very loud because there's three teams a team b team c team which mm-hmm. is basically like eighth grade seventh grade sixth grade he's on the sixth grade team all the other teams are there all their parents are there like these little gyms are full and it's loud
1: But I'm seeing like a new aspect of his personality, and that's exciting. Because I feel like in soccer, we're always like, where's the fire? Maybe it's easier to get fired up when someone's like in your face for a longer
0: time. I think basketball teaches excellent emotional control. You play lights out hard. You do try to get under the pe- other people's skin. That's part of the tactics. But you have to not wear your emotions on this on your sleeve. If you get a hard foul, oh, sorry about that. Help them out. But really, you can be fuming on the inside, but it is what it is. You can't show that weakness because then they'll start to, especially in basketball, they'll discover it and start to pick at it and your game will fall apart. So it's really good for emotional control.
1: I noticed that actually. I, some kids, they get like a foul and they just walk it right off. And that's like impressive.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Okay, Ghost of Christmas Future. Mel came face to face Ebenezer Scrooge style from it the did. Christmas Carol. It's the holiday season now, and uh, for some reason, I think about that and make Ebenezer Scrooge references often. Ghost of Christmas Future, Ghost of Christmas Past. I'll bust my brother's chops if he's not working out. I was Ghost Christmas Future, Future, and be like someone who can barely fill out a medium t-shirt that's supposed <laughs> to be spandex, but it's like really loose on him. <laughs> oh, but anyways, just bust busting chops appropriately. And Mel came face to face with the ghost of Christmas future. She went to get a mammogram and it happened to be at a hospital, which is a high traffic hospital. And I'll let Mel tell the this, this, this story here in just a second. But the concept is this, she came face to face with a life that she does not want to live.
1: Yes. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start by saying, I spend so much time thinking about the kids And about their future. So I think many times in the podcast, I've said, I don't want to see my my 13 year old, I recognize he will be an adult one day. And when I talk to him and give him advice, or whatever the case may be, I'm always thinking future, how is what I'm going to do now going to impact him later on? I don't want, of course, I don't want my kids to grow up, I want them to be little, I keep telling Everett, don't get bigger, like this coat should still fit you, (laughs) you shouldn't have grown. And I obviously intellectually understand that they're going to grow, and I do oftentimes have that focus. And I think a lot of times, mom's perspective, I don't think a lot about myself as much because I'm always so focused on their future and where they're at. But going to this hospital for my appointment, first of all, it's weird because it makes me feel old. Because like I'm at this age now where now I have to start thinking about cancer screenings, like what? So even when I went to see my primary care to set up service, to set up whatever there I was
0: say my primary care, never our.
1: is <laughs> our. I made sure to ask him if my husband ever needs to come in, can he just come because I am a patient? And they said yes.
0: <laughs> but, not when interested. Was,
1: but when he was going through all the different screenings, this is the first time I've ever had this conversation. And even then, I felt like I was, it was very surreal. Like this can't be my, me you're talking to. Isn't There's someone else in the room that this is for them, not for me. So anyway, I show, I drive up to this hospital, which already felt weird because we really don't go to doctors much. We really haven't had any big experiences where we've had to go to hospitals often besides having my three kids, which is you're obviously not there because you're sick. And I go in, and I have to fill out all this paperwork, and again, it feels very bizarre because it just feels like I'm older than I think I am. And I go back to have my mammogram done, and there's this big like machine, and I'm like, I start to think about just what if I was actually sick and I was dependent on this hospital and these machines and this was my life. It it freaked me out. Now, I understand that not all of these diseases are preventable completely, but it made me think about it, just scared me. I think it was a little like a little scared straight moment where I now should think about my future as well think so much about my kids and where they're going. I don't necessarily think about myself in 20 years, myself in 30 years. And yes, you'll be around that long there. (laughs) So I, it just, it it just scared me. And I came home and I said to Joe, and I said, I have a revelation, but I'm not sure I'm ready to share it yet.
0: So a couple hours later.
1: (laughs) Well, again, we talked about on the, the 10 minute Tuesday, how Sometimes you don't have the ability to process something in the moment. You have to give it some time later, and we have such busy lives. Sometimes you don't make the time to really sit down and, like, mull things over. Like, how often do you sit down and just think about something? And I try to do that, like, when I'm driving. But then I probably should pay better attention given our 10-minute Tuesday. So my whole point here was I had this revelation where I basically, like you said, saw into the future almost, like, I need to start thinking about that because... We do talk about, we want to be around for our kids. We want to be healthy and we certainly make a lot of decisions in that direction, but I am not perfect in that way. And I need to start making some changes because I want to be around. I don't want that ghost of Christmas future to come true, but i never had really thought about it before. So clearly until I had that, I guess, realization when I was at the hospital for the screening.
0: I think that clarity piece is very important. And I know you're not talking about unpreventable diseases where you know, some people just get sick and that's the cards are dealt our children. That's very unfortunate. We can still do everything we ha- we can within our power to live a healthy life to try to stave off as much of that as possible until eventually it gets us. And that includes exercise and getting sunlight and getting good night's sleep and de-stressing and taking care of our mental health and eating right and all those things. We've done podcasts on eating right. We've done podcasts on on physical health for you before as well because you're such critical pieces. They talk about not just lifespan, but health span. How long can you be healthy? We can keep someone alive for a very long time, but as Mel came face to face with, it's not a great life. If you're stuck in that roller coaster, being in and out of hospitals with disease, and so my, my father is a perfect example of someone who had preventable heart disease. Just did not take care of himself. Pack a day smoker, incredibly overweight, not a healthy individual. Ate like garbage. Didn't do physical activity. It catches up to him, and you just don't want to live that life.
1: Right. So, th- the first part of this was the mindset of I need to look ahead. I need to start focusing a little bit more on myself. And having that revelation, even now, like talking about it, because when you have something happen, you have this revelation and you have a surge of either motivation or just it's weighing on you. You're thinking about it a lot. And then a couple of days later, it's almost easy to just be like, okay, that's in the past. Like, I'm going to go back to what I'm just used to doing because that's just easier and more comfortable. But I really want to challenge myself to not do that. But I also, oh, do you want to say something? Nope. But I also personally tend to get really overwhelmed. So I start to think to myself, okay, I want to increase my working out. I want to eat better. I want to do this. I want to do that. And then I just do nothing because I feel overwhelmed. So then, of course, I go to you for advice. But what I decided to do this time, and it's actually very appropriate because we're speaking on a podcast, is I decided to listen to a different kind of podcast. So I tend to listen to a couple different political ones or... Things that are going on right now, and those tend to stress me out. I did stop that for a while and restarted that bad habit. <clears throat> so instead, I made the decision to listen to uh Huberman podcast, and Joe knows more about him than I do. But I'm learning about willpower and tenacity and where that comes from. And I'm trying to listen to things that will then... I don't want to say motivate because motivation only takes you so far, but it'll get my mind thinking about this forward progress and these changes I want to make instead of listening to something that just gets my mind thinking about worried about worrying about things. So I'm trying to start with my mind and just put things in there that will then lead to me making decisions physically and with what I'm eating and things like that.
0: Excellent. And any other piece of advice that you're going to try to implement in your life?
1: I'm going to go back. You gave me a great piece of advice. A couple of years ago, when we first moved, I lost 20 pounds. Cause like we were just more active here. We were past the move. So it was a little less stressful and I was eating healthier. And you asked me like, what was working then? Like, why do I have to reinvent the wheel now when I had tactics and strategies that were working then so I'm going to go back to that and set up like a challenge for myself or I haven't like exactly figured it out because this all just happened a couple days ago but that's I think a good piece of advice was there a time in your history whether it's recent or in the past that something really worked for you and even if you got away from it like you had a really good habit and then it you allowed that to die out and started with a poor habit maybe you could revisit that good habit. And I think for me, it's going to be definitely based around eating, which it's hard when we have guests too to keep that all on track and cook and everything. So I need to get back to that. But I'm going to reflect back on more what worked back then.
0: Should be easy. Strain out those guests. (laughs) You'd be right. You'd be right, mom. You're not eating that crap around here.
1: (laughs) I think I'm busy like going out and spending some quality time doing stuff that I put those things fall to the wayside but i don't want to let this opportunity that arose with my appointment that revelation that kind of came out of me i don't want that to just be for nothing you know what i mean i want to run with it
0: i'll share another revelation because this not everyone will have that one perhaps at the age you're at but i've realized that as you get older health becomes more and more rare and so when we're around parents, around our age, we're talking 40s, get to mid 40s, or early 50s, there's not a lot of people that are, have taken care of themselves. They all got the little bear, all the guys got the little bear gut. They all look like they haven't been outside very much. And it, it's almost sad and depressing, but it gives you instant, instant ability to help impact other people's lives by being role modeling. I'm not saying go, talk to other people because I don't like to do that <laughs> but you don't have to go try to preach there just by being who you are you have the opportunity to improve people's lives because they need it right now it is a very sad health environment
1: I love what you said because I, t- I say this to the kids a lot at school you might not be like clear about something but in your behavior you will show kids the example you don't have to say it to them you have to do it And I think that's that good character piece. So if you're making good decisions with your life, whether you know you are impacting other people, somebody might say, hey, that kid did that, and I really appreciated that, or I really admired that. It does impact people around you. So I really can't, I don't even want like an accountability buddy because I want to make it about me. Like I need to be a good example. I want to be a good example to my kids. But I now recognize that what I'm doing now Not that I didn't before, but this kind of brought it to the forefront. It will impact my future. Like you said, these people you see that are unhealthy, 20 years ago or even 10 years ago, they could have been doing things to prevent that. So if we, I don't know, we can't just shift the focus. Now I have kids, so I can't think about me. But this really, we're like entering a new stage of life. And I don't even want to say that. Like I tell Everett, stop growing, stay little. I want to say to myself, like, quit getting older, just stay this age. And this almost ties back to our podcast about Still Got It, which we did recently.
0: Mm -hmm. And you really need to get around people who don't tolerate your excuses. (laughs) And that's very powerful because parents, we are good at lying to each other and especially, and I've gone on rants about this before, with phony altruism where we say one thing because we think it makes it sound good, but our actions show something else. For example, say... I'll do anything for my kids, Well, would you get healthy? I can't think of anything more important than being around for another decade or two with an increased health span than becoming incredibly sick, blaming your children, and then as you get older, become dependent on them when they're young to try to take care of you because you're 50 or 60 and are becoming immobile. It's one of the selfish, most selfish things you can do, but we all say, well, I'll do anything for my kids, BS. Mm-hmm. Your actions don't say and You need to be around people who call you on that BS because most people have a good heart. And when they say that, someone calls it on, they, it makes them stop and think a little bit. And it gives them an opportunity at least to improve because you can't tolerate that kind of basically lying to ourselves. And there's a lot of other smaller examples too. Like, oh, I can't drink water. I'm bored of it. Just drink the water. <laughs> it's a cup of water. Like how spoiled are we to think that we gotta get flavored everything? Or I can't do this, I don't wanna do this, this is boring. Like, sometimes boring works. You don't want your whole life to be exciting, it'll burn you out, let your family life get magical, get on fire, your impact on your kids, your personal development. Let all that stuff be on fire, but don't spend your emotional energy being bored with water or something like so simple.
1: This makes me think of, back to our values. So the importance of having core values in your family, episode one of our podcast. Because one of ours is being accountable. And I think my, my goal for myself next is to be more accountable to my own health. That's really what I want to do. And again, that'll have a ripple effect on the kids because if they see me really being accountable, really acting on that, then it impacts them and it impacts their future. So it really goes back to that foundation of, do you have family values that will call you on your excuses basically? And if you don't, it's really easy to just go with whatever breeze, wherever the breeze blows you, you know?
0: wherever the breeze blows, wherever society blows you, wherever the advertisements blow you, wherever you see all those fast food restaurants you drive by and you think that, oh, these people have my best interest. I'm going to stop at all these fast food. How, look how nice they are. They made it so convenient for me to eat tremendous amount of calories and get sick.
1: Can I tell the Everett example from yesterday? I get
0: to work at home <laughs> and I don't get to do any exercise. How nice. Everyone is looking out in my best interest. It's not in your best interest. You look out for your best interest and then make your decisions based on <laughs> your interest and your family's values and quit getting persuaded by society's arguments. Oh, we're in holiday season. I gotta eat all these holiday cookies. I gotta eat all this nonsense. I'm gonna try to get through this without cussing. I'm doing so good right now. (laughs) So I'm gonna turn it back to you with Everett's story.
1: (laughs) Yesterday I was volunteering at the school and part of the time I spend with Everett is doing this thing called mountain math where they group the kids together based on different abilities and try to just increase their math understanding. And they were doing this little thing with number bonds and using uh, little cubes to represent numbers. And then some of the kids were a little bit bored, whatever. And the teacher said, wouldn't this be more fun if we had M&Ms? And I look over at Everett and he's shaking his head no. Because yeah. I, F your M&Ms.
0: We <laughs> don't need that. Don't try to impact our kids by teaching them that chocolate is a reward for being able to do math.
1: But I just thought oh. I was like so proud of him in that moment. But also, more the, the piece I was more impacted by was the fact that he is shaking his head no because of... Things we've set up at home, even every single time there's a dessert and then you're just like, not for me. And I'm not saying we don't eat dessert. We're not like, I don't don't want that to to take (laughs) away from my point. But my point is he doesn't just say, okay, great. Let's just do that. He's actually thinking it through. He's, I'm not okay with this. And I want him to be able to speak up and say no anyway, that was just a cute little example of how our how we're living out our values at home is playing out in our kids' individual lives when they're out there and we're not with them. Yes, I was with him then, but I think he would have shook his head even if I wasn't standing there.
0: Definitely. And it's good of you to volunteer at the school so you can get in there and see I what's going on. And then that allowed me to have a conversation with Edward and praise him in front of the other brothers for initially denying M&Ms. They, they, at five, he doesn't associate M&Ms with a reward for success. I'm just, uh, I'm here to be a good student. I'm gonna learn my math. Why do you also need to bribe me with M&Ms? Like <laughs> me, my ability to learn and prove myself is the reward. And at five, he, he gets it because we've had our stuff together. Our 13 year old, we didn't have our right. stuff together. He doesn't have that same mindset and we need to continually reinforce it because we're improving ourselves and our lives at the same time they're growing and getting older. So we constantly need to layer ourselves, layer things on there when we can.
1: And our kids are around other people who influence them. So at school, the teachers, and, and I'm not knocking this person. Like, I think she's great. And I think so many of the teachers at the school are just wonderful. But your kids will be impacted by ideas that come up when you are not there. And it's funny. So I also volunteer in the sixth grade with helping with math. And the teacher jokingly said to me, she's like, they, one of the kids, when I was there yesterday, I guess afterwards, they're like, oh, when Mrs. Hash is here, she actually helps us sometimes. <laughs> and miss ripples what and i don't help you of course uh, the teacher does help them because but she's with them all the time sometimes when you're with someone all the time and then you have a novel idea or even the same idea from a different person it almost makes more impact than if it comes from us because they hear us all the time does that make sense yes okay it was just really cute
0: i have nothing more to say okay do you
1: I think we should check in a month or two on where I'm at with this. Ooh, holding accountable. accountable. Why don't
0: you? Why don't you challenge the listeners to do one thing for their health too? You can pick whatever thing you think's helping you the most, and then in a month we'll check in on you and them, and me emotionally see if I'm still not cussing. <laughs> I'm
1: gonna I'm gonna say that the podcast I'm listening to is called the Huberman Lab, and mm-hmm. it's about tenacity and willpower, and it does get a little geeky, but I think if you and in, like in, intelligently understand how willpower works, You, it will kill a lot of your excuses about it. So I think that's a great place to start. And all you have to do is listen to it. Everybody drives, everybody does things where they can listen to podcasts. So the Huberman Lab about tenacity and willpower. Give it a shot.
0: Yep, and it there They're longer ones. We have some shorts on YouTube, probably 10 minutes short and a couple of takeaways that you can listen to. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Strong Family Project podcast. Get download the steps of the Strong Family Path for free at strongfamilyproject.com. And the first Strong Family guidebook will be out on Black Friday. Woo-hoo. Talk to everyone.